to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Let's go this morning. Take your Bibles this morning. Go to Matthew chapter 6. We've been talking about the kingdom of God in which you entered when you got born again. No matter when you got born again, whatever that day was, year was, whatever, at that time you entered into a different kingdom. The Bible says you've been rescued out of the kingdom of darkness. That is a darkness of sin and evil and sickness and everything else. And you've been translated into the kingdom of God. You are now a citizen of the kingdom of God if you are born again. And that means you don't have to tolerate anything from your old kingdom. You can live in the new kingdom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, Matthew chapter 6. Oh, let's see. Let's start in uh, verse, let's just go to verse 33. Jesus is speaking, he said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what? added unto you. Now notice we've been talking about seeking the kingdom of God and going after the kingdom of God and pursuing the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has a different way of talking than what you came out of. It has a different culture. It has a different morality. It has different. Just because the natural governments changed kingdom policy doesn't mean you have to go with that. You need to stay on kingdom policy. Are you, are you following me? Kingdom culture. You need to talk like someone who's in the kingdom of God. You need to react. You need to, to behave. You need to have conduct like. You need to have all these things like the kingdom of God. And the way that we do that basically is by understanding who we are. Now notice, not only seek first the kingdom of God and his what? And his what? Righteousness. Now notice, he just doesn't say the kingdom of God. He also adds to that his righteousness. Righteousness basically is a legal term. It's not a religious term, never was. It's a legal term that means right standing with. In other words, right standing with a government, right standing with a police force, right standing with. But we have a right standing with the kingdom of God. We've been placed in right standing with the kingdom of God. All my life, even after I got born again, I was told by everybody to pursue righteousness. So I did my best to become righteous. I went to church many times to become righteous. I prayed to become righteous. I did all these things to become righteous. But I'm going to show you this morning that you don't have to do anything to become righteous because you already are righteous. And I'm telling you, this is the revelation that will set you free. In so many areas of your life, you won't need anything else. When you find out that you are in right standing with him, with G-O-D, capital G-O-D, and that all your past junk has been erased. Hallelujah. People want to bring up your past stuff. Why? When he already forgot it, why do you want to bring it up to him again? Let him forget it if he wants to forget it. The Bible says your sins have been tossed far away into the sea. So don't go swimming every day. And this is what is wrong because we all were born again into a religious society and a religious mindset and we want to constantly be focused on sin when you should be focused on righteousness and my right standing with him. Once you become righteous and you start to know it and act like it, you can say goodbye to your days of sickness and disease. You can say goodbye to your days of worry. You can say goodbye to your days of fear because now you are in right standing with God himself. But there's that wall between the two between you and God that's got to be broken down and it's only broken by the anointing of God and the Word of God. Say the Word of God. See, it's not through your efforts. 
The more efforts you try to do, the more frustrated you do because you don't go anywhere in your own efforts. It was all done by Jesus Christ on the cross. Look at verse 26 here. We'll just go back to that. It says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto a statue? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. Now notice, are you more important than a lily or not? Yes. I'm talking about in here. Amen. See? Are you more important than a lily? Are you more important than a bird to God? You know, there's a lot of Christians that don't think they are. They think they're unworthy. They've been taught they're unworthy. I'll tell you what they have. They have a prodigal son mentality. Out in the pigsty their whole life, and all at once they decide this ain't working. I'm going to try something different. So they go back to their father, and they come to their father and say, I'm not worthy to be yours. I just want to be your servant. I don't want to. God the whole time saying, hey, man, I got your ring. I got your robe. I want to kiss you. I want to do something. No, 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 no. You can't do it to me. I'm just so filthy. And I'll tell you what, there's a feeling that comes with that. And you think it's the anointing, and it's not. See, to bawl and squall and tell God how bad you are. I mean, if you're bad and you're his product, then he made a bad product. Come on. Is that right? I'm just so terrible. Well, man, God needs some work then. I don't know what kind of plan he had for you, but it sure didn't work out because he made you horrible. It's not that way, see? And we've got to grow into a place where you've got a relationship with him to where religion gets erased from it. And God is just your daddy, father, Abba. Does he deserve respect? Oh, yes, he does. I mean, I'm a pastor, and I can be just as friendly to everybody as I want, but I still deserve the respect of my office. Are you following me? But still, you can talk to me. You don't have to say, thou hast thee pastor. How thou hast has had a good week for you, and I... Therefore, thus, furthermore... So you don't have to do that. It's a relationship with God. Do you understand? You can talk to God like he's God, like he's a friend, like he's a father, like he's a dad. Prayer a lot of times is just talking to him. Sometimes I go, what's, what's going on here, Dad? You better get on the stick. We've got a mess down here right now, and you better get involved in it. Hallelujah. And I trust him. And this is, where, this is where faith. Everybody don't seem to have enough faith. If you understand righteousness, I don't know if I can say that or not this morning. Can I say that? If you understand your righteousness, you really don't even need faith. When my kids come to me and ask me for something, they don't confess that I'm going to give it to them for the next three days. They walk away expecting to get it. Come on now. Why? Because they have a right relationship with me, and whatever they ask Daddy, they know they're going to get if it's within reason and they need it, and they don't ponder, and they don't fast, and they don't pray, and they don't dance around, and they don't scream hallelujah to get it. They just simply get it. Are you following me? And even when, the, when the, you know, the two daughters-in-laws came into the picture, you know, they were different because they weren't part of our family yet. They were just dating part of our family at that time. And when they'd come to your house, they were both very quiet. And they'd come in, and they'd sit down, and they'd sit there, and they wouldn't say two words. And I'd say, would you like a water? And they would say, yes, please, Mr. Karras. And I would go, they'd get water. And that's all right. You know, that's the way it is. But I'll tell you what, after they dated for a few months, how many know they got their own water? Their own water, their own snack, their own ice cream, their own cake, their own everything. Why is that? Because they came into a right relationship with the family as part of the family, and whatever he's got belongs to me, and I don't have to beg for it, plead for it, wonder for it, because I know he wants to bless me and take care of me. And that's what righteousness deals with. It's right standing with God and right standing against the devil. 
See, righteousness is too far. When you know you're righteous, the devil's not going to scare you anymore. Sickness is not going to scare you anymore. Bad times are not going to scare you anymore. Because you know the authority you've got, you know the relationship you've got, you know the kingdom you've got, and you are truly a son of the living God. Hallelujah. And Daddy knows what he's doing. Praise God. All right, go to Luke chapter 1. All right, Luke chapter 1, look at verse 70. It says, And as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, how many know God wants that, and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercies promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, here it is, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. You want to talk about Christmas? You want to talk the meaning when Jesus came? This is why. He wants a family. Do you understand? That's what he wanted. He can't have a family if his family fears him. He can't have a family if a family's guilty. Many of the things that I did when I first got born again, I did out of guilt. I went to church so I wouldn't have to feel guilty. I prayed, so I could say I prayed and wouldn't have to feel guilty. God doesn't want any part of guilt in your life whatsoever. He wants you to serve him in holiness and righteousness and without fear all the days of your life. That means no fear between me and God. Nothing separating me from the Father. Nothing there that holding me back. I don't see him as this, ah, and me as this, ah. So we've been taught that. We've been, he's great, he's wonderful, and he is. But he still wants a relationship with you. And that relationship is just a casual relationship. Every day. It's not a 15-minute prayer time. It's a 24 hours a day. I wake up in the morning and I say, what's up? He understands that language. What's up? I say, what's up today? Well, you're going to play ball today. There's somebody that needs help. Okay. I'm on, my, on my way, praise God. There I go. See? It's not, oh, help me. I want to hear from you. Help me. No, we just talk. Say, just talk. And there's no fear involved. There's nothing else involved. It's just a relationship without fear. But you only do that when you know that you're a righteous person, that you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. All right, go to Romans chapter 3. This is why he tells you to pursue righteousness. Just, it doesn't mean he just don't want you to have any fun. All right, Romans chapter 3, look at verse 10. Here's a scripture you probably got memorized because you were taught it 50,000 times. It says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Now, how many know that was true before you entered the kingdom of God? So this verse is basically telling you in the Old Testament that they sought God but could not get to God because they couldn't do anything to get back into the righteousness of God. Are you following me? So they did their best. They tried hard. They tried to get into righteousness. When Adam fell, basically at that time, his nature was changed on the inside. Satan's nature was put on him, so faith got perverted. Faith went to fear. You know, faith went to worry. Life went to death. All these things changed on the inside, and everybody after Adam was born was something called a sin nature. 
When you were born in your mother's womb, you had a sin nature when you came out. It wasn't hard for you to sin. You didn't have to try to sin. You didn't have to practice to sin. You never got up one day and wondering, how am I going to sin today? <laughs> Why is that? Because it's normal for a sinner to sin. It's normal for a dog to bark, a cat to meow, a cow to moo, and a sinner to sin. So basically, we were sinners. So we sinned. So God, you couldn't get back to God. That was religion. Religion tried to get you back to God. And it couldn't get you back to God because no man was good enough to get you back to God. So Jesus sent somebody, or Father sent somebody by the name of Jesus, who came, and what did he do? He came and suffered and died on the cross to pay your debt completely. Say completely. Come on, if some of you had a million-dollar debt and somebody gave you a million-dollar check and paid it off, you wouldn't keep going back and complaining about your debt. See, but we do that, don't we? Well, well, I used to be an alcoholic. I'm telling you, I was an alcoholic for years. Have you been delivered? Yes. Are you in the kingdom? Yes. But I still was an alcoholic way back there. Was that debt paid? Yes. But I still want you to know that. Get over it. He did. Well, I just hope he forgets about it. He already did until you brought it up again. Are you following me? He had to do it that way. He had us take it back to restoration in Genesis where we were created in his image and likeness where Adam just walked through the garden and him and Eve just had fellowship with God and then once he sinned it all fell away. So he had to restore us all the way back. Forgiveness of sin is not enough. If you've just been forgiven sin and you still got the old nature on the inside, you're going to live apart from God and you're just going to sin and sin and sin and sin and sin. So he had to change the nature on the inside of us. Look at verse 26. It says, and God going to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him, which does what? Goes to church, prays a lot, fasts a lot. No, him that believes in Jesus. So what happened? God made a declaration. Jesus was raised from the dead, and God says, anybody that believes in my son is instantly going to be justified. Say justified. The New Testament word is justified, and justified means just as if I never sinned. So that day when I got born again, it don't matter how many times I got drunk, how many times I danced on the bar, how many times I made a fool of myself, all those things were gone out of my life. The only time I use them is to show you how far I came. Not because I'm still there. And that's not who I am. I was changed at that time. So don't always go searching for sin in your life. It'll keep you having a sin consciousness. If you keep pursuing righteousness, you will have a righteousness consciousness. And when you have a righteousness consciousness, if I'm righteous, it's not normal for me to sin. If I'm a sinner, it's normal for me to see. That's why you didn't feel bad when you sinned before you got born again. Why? That's what you did. That's who I am. But then you got born again, and once you kept trying to sin, come on now, things changed, didn't they? All at once it wasn't, you can go ahead and sin. No, there was something on the inside of you. Say, don't do that, you're killing yourself. Don't do that, you're messing up your life. Don't do that on the inside. And then you got in a battle, didn't you? So the only way you could get out of that battle is not by you going to church more or praying more or fasting more, is by believing more. Come on, everything's got to do. We advance from faith to faith. That's the only way we go anywhere. We don't go anywhere by struggle, by fighting, by doing our best, by doing a whole bunch from God. We simply believe what he has said about us, and the more we believe it and the more we understand it, the more we get free from the things around us, see? When I found out that I was no longer an alcoholic, but I was delivered from that and the righteousness of God in Christ, I no longer was even tempted with alcohol because that's who I wasn't, see? Most people, if you ask them, uh, what are you doing there? And I'm smoking. Why is that? I'm a smoker. Well, as long as you believe you're a smoker, you're going to be a smoker. Because what do smokers do? 
on now. This isn't deep. This is logical. See, whatever you believe, the Bible says, as you think in your heart, so is he. So whatever I think, I can be an alcoholic, smoker, drug addict, drunk if I want to be, if I believe it. But if I believe what he said, that I've been delivered by the power of God, that I've been translated into the kingdom of his son, that I have the authority of God, that I have the power of God, and I start believing that, that will start to manifest in my life through faith. And now I can do it because he gave it to me, not because I did something to get it. See, we always want to do something. How did you get there? Oh, I just struggled. I just fought and fought and fought and fought and fought and fought. And I finally broke through. Well, I'll tell you what, in two more days, you're going to re-break back through because there wasn't enough power in what you did to set you free. Are you following me? He either did it all or he didn't. And he's not coming back down again. Lord set me free. Already did. Would you die on the cross? Already did. Would you shed your blood? Already did. See, these things are already done. So we're, by faith, simply believing what he says about us in the word of God. We're changing daily from glory to glory in our life. Another little spurt of glory here. Another little spurt of glory there. Some of you are growing. And I mean, if you're new to this stuff, you can grow fast. Yeah. Let me tell you, you got a bunch of junk to get rid of. <laughs> Come on now. And I'm talking about the way you think, the things you do. So I mean, it doesn't take you to make adjustments. I mean, you're making adjustments walking down the street, you know, you're doing things. But as you get in this deeper, God will go deeper with you if you continue to pursue him into a deeper righteousness with him to a place where you think like he thinks, you talk like he talks, and you act like he acts. It's called a flow in the spirit. Say a flow in the spirit. See, when you get to that place and step over into the flow of the Spirit, basically you're doing the same thing that God would do in that situation without thinking about what God would do in that situation. Does that make sense? In other words, you just get in a flow and you just do and you're praying for people and you're saying things and half the time you can't even remember what you said to them, but what you said to them, you know, they come up afterwards and they say, you, you delivered me from this or that when you said that. Well, I didn't even know I said that basically because I was just flowing and said something. Are you following me? And this is the way we are to live. You can flow. There's a flow of the Spirit of God to be in, but you can't flow as a victim. You can't flow as a guilty person. You can't flow as somebody condemned. The Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? Then don't let condemnation come into your life and stop searching for sin all the time. The Holy Ghost will tell you when you mess up. You'll feel like somebody punched you right in the spirit. And after you get done with all your excuses why you should have did what you did, you'll then agree with the Holy Ghost and get free. And you'll feel a lot better. And you'll say, yep, by golly, you do no more than I do. Thank you very much. Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Matter of fact, you read in the Bible, and why do we repent? Why does the Bible tell us we repent in Romans? Why? Anybody know? We just repent because we time to repent, or we read a word about repent, or no. Why do we repent? We repent because of the goodness of God. We don't repent because of the badness of us. If you repent to the badness of you and keep claiming the badness of you, you're going to live in the badness of you, and you're going to spend your whole life repenting of the badness in you. So I'm going to repent of the, because the goodness of God comes. All at once, if I want to drink again, and I'm just about ready to order, and all at once I think, God, he was so good to deliver me. So good to set me free. Why do I want to go back in this stuff when he loved me enough to die for me and set me free from this? So you push it away and you go. You don't drink it and then repent. 
Come on now. But if you do that, if you think it's all due to your badness, it's not. It's due to his goodness. Because he's such a good daddy. He's a good father. He wants the best for you. He's telling you what to do. He's got the anointing in your life to do that stuff. So we repent because of his goodness. At least that's what the Bible says. Praise God. So what do I do? I'm changing by understanding his goodness, how good he is, how wonderful he is, how I want that relationship with him. I don't want anything to bother that relationship. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 17. This is a scripture you should circle and read about 200 times a day till you understand what it says. Verse 17, Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is or she is a new creature. The old things are... And behold, all things are become, and all the new things are of Hallelujah. All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and now he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. How are you going to reconcile other people to God if you yourself haven't been reconciled to God yet? You can't do it. If you're living in religion, you're just going to suck other people in with you in their works and everything else, and you're going to make them worse off than what they were before they ran into you. No, you were reconciled to God. And notice, he didn't reconcile you the day you got saved. He reconciled you a long time ago. You're the one who finally received his reconciliation one day because it was available to you from the day that you were born. He died on the cross before you were born again, a long time ago. All right, look at it again. Verse Let's do verse 18. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. My God, is this the word of God or not? Because this ain't what I was taught. To wit, that God was in Christ. Well, once I got saved, I've got to go back and I've got to find every sin I ever committed. And I've got to confess my sin. Here it says, he's, he's already, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not holding their trespasses against them. And that's just not the Christian. That's the people who haven't been born again. He's not holding their sins against them. Why? Because it wasn't their fault that they became sinners to begin with. It was Adam's fault. Are you following me? You were just a... a after him, basically, came into your life. How many of you were in the garden? How many of you sinned while you were in there? If so, you got to be pretty old. No, it was what happened. Once he sinned, it would travel down all the way to mankind. So what is God going to do? God is going to take you back to the place of where he started from, and he's going to do it with the same righteousness. See, you got everything that Adam did for you, Fear, doubt, sickness, unbelief, the curse, everything. But now you've got born into Christ, and you get everything that Christ paid for you. Everything he provided. Look at it. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as God would beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ. Please be reconciled unto God. We're just telling people, hey, God's not mad at you. God doesn't hate you. God loves you. God just was already reconciled. Would you just be reconciled to him? Would you just come back to him? Would you just have a relationship with him? Look at verse 21. For he has made him to be sin for us. Notice, Jesus never sinned. But Jesus was made sin with our sin. He actually became sin. Say, became sin. He didn't have sin. He became sin. Say, he became sin. Say, he didn't have sin. Say, he became sin. All right, look what it says. Him has made us to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. So he became sin so that you could be made righteous. And, and the, 
righteousness is the same righteousness that he has. It's Jesus' righteousness. You are as righteous with the Father as he is. In a father. You have a relationship with him the same that Jesus has. You know, the Bible says, come boldly to the throne and receive in time of need. Why is that? Because we're righteous. We're in right standing with him. We're not begging him for things. We're not pleading with him for things. We're not wondering for things with him. He loves you and wants to. He wants to give the entire kingdom. The only one keeping it from us is us. Because we're guilty. Lord, you know what I did last week. Lord, you know what I did last year. Lord, you know what I've done. Yeah, he knows, but you're already forgiven for that stuff. So move on, praise God. You see, it's a mindset that changed. So he has made you the righteousness of God in Christ. So if I've been made righteous in right standing with him in a right position, if I've already been put there, then I'm not going to spend my time doing things to become that. See, and I'll tell you what, here's where 99% of the church spends their whole time. Even people that aren't even saved try to become righteous. You know why? They go to church on Christmas and Easter. Why? That's their righteousness. What's your righteousness? I go to church twice a year, Christmas and Easter. That's making me right with God. No, it's not. I don't care if you go to church eight days a week. It doesn't make you righteous with God. It's the blood that made you righteous with God. And that takes all the pressure off me. See, I'm not under pressure to be righteous with God because his blood already provided it for me. So. so I don't have to go to him and just say, oh, please, Father. Oh. I don't have to act like that. I act like a person with a very good friend. With a lot of money, a lot of influence, and somebody who loves me more than anybody could ever love me, no matter what I do or how I do it. He loves me. So what does that do? That builds faith. When I go to him to receive something, I'm not wondering if he wants to give it to me. I know he does. I'm not wondering if I'm going to get it. I know I'm going to get it. He's my daddy. He provides it for me. He's going to give it to me. My kids never came in and said, oh, fatherist, may I have some milk to play with my cookies today? No. You got to be in school today. See, we I'll tell you what we've developed since it's that time of year, a Santa Claus mentality. You better not cry and you better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. You better not sin. You better not cuss. You better not talk unbelief because God is coming to town. And I'll tell you what he's got. He's making a list and he's checking it twice. Going to find out who's naughty and nice. See, and we get that, we get that mentality, don't we? And I'll tell you what, you know, I don't really want to go that. You can do whatever you want, but to me, it put a Santa Claus mentality into my Christianity. You know, Santa, who brought the toys? Santa. Santa did because you were a good boy. Santa did with your bad boy. Santa, Santa. So when I first got saved, I saw God as Santa. And many parents tell their worth, hey, if you don't quit running around them clothes, you, I'll tell you what, God's going to get you. Jesus won't love you anymore. What is that? That's a Santa Claus issue. See, the parent even got it. And it's not that. God don't care if you run around the clothes or not. He still loves you. So he's not going to stop loving you because of that. He still wants the best for you. He always wants the best for you. He's never against you. You can't do anything that he's going to fall off the throne and say, oh, my God, I've never seen that myself before. That is just beyond anything I've ever seen before. No, he's seen it all and more, praise God. Talk about writing a book. He ought to write another one. Glory to God. I'm telling you what. That'd be a million-dollar seller, wouldn't it? What I've seen people do. Yeah, 
But what do we do? We go into guilt. We go into condemnation. We don't live up to us. We're not in line with him. He's up here and I'm down here. And no, we've got to get out of that. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. He made you that way through the blood of the lamb provided for you that righteousness because he needs a righteous generation that's going to have enough faith to trust him in everything he tells them to do and to use the name of Jesus because it belongs to them. To use the authority because it's been given to them. To use the spirit of God on the inside of them because of the power of God. He wanted you. People, oh, give me the power give me the power, give me the tear. God, give me a break. He's been trying to fill you full of the power the whole time. If you'd get out of unbelief, he could do it. See, your will's involved in this stuff, ain't it? See, we're praying for things. Well, dance, send it all down, send him on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. He's right in here the whole time. You ought to say, move him on up, move him on up, move him on up, Holy Ghost. But we live in unbelief, don't we? We've been taught unbelief. We believe unbelief. We live in unbelief. So that's where we're stopped. But it's not that way. This morning, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who you are. You don't have to walk anywhere with your shoulders down, anywhere with your head down, praise God. You're in right standing with God himself. If somebody else needs something, Daddy, take care of that over there, praise God. And give them a little. Need more? See? We're in a position to do that stuff. That's where we're at. That's who we are. We're not the guilty. We're not the servants. We're not the prodigal son. I don't, I don't want to be your son. I can't be. Just make me your servant, please. And that's the mentality that we've got sometimes. Or the other son, remember him? I've served you all my life. I didn't get a thing for it. Yeah, well, you got everything you wanted whether you served him or not. He was your dad, for God's sakes. So he was on the other side, wasn't he? He was on the other side of religion. You don't need religion. You just need a relationship with him. But that relationship comes from being righteous with him in right standing with him, and if you're going to wait till you acquire it through your efforts, you're never going to have a good relationship with him because you can't get there. It's all done by faith. So when he says, I'm holy, I'm sorry, I'm holy. You don't look holy. I don't care what I look like. He said, I'm holy. He said, you're healed. I'm healed. Praise God. You're healed. Well, you don't look healed. I don't care what I look like. I'm healed. Praise God. How can you say that? Because he said that, so I'm healed. And the more that I believe that, the more healed I will become in every area of my life. I have peace. In the, every, every song we sing talks about peace in the midst of a storm. This is a day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, no matter what happens in my life. But we don't want that. We want to do it when things are good. When things start going bad, then this ain't the day the Lord has made. I'll tell you that. That stupid pastor sang that song again Sunday morning. He can stick that someplace because that ain't working at all. See, that, that's when the battle is. Do you understand it? That, that's when it's coming. That's when you need to stay steady. That's when you need to believe who you are. That's when you need to walk into things, and you do it through right standing with him. You have been made, not becoming, not trying to. You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. So I've got the same relationship as Jesus. Do you ever see Jesus beg the Father for anything? No. He just looked up, blows and fish, gave him out to everybody. Praise God. Why is that? Because he had a relationship. Did you ever see him afraid of the devil? No. He had a right relationship. He knew what his relationship was with the devil, and he knew what his relationship with God. And as long as you're not walking in guilt, you've got absolute power and authority over any demonic spirit that comes your way. As long as you walk in, and you're not a victim. You're not a victim. You're a victor. Everything he went to the cross to do, he did for you, and you got the opposite. He died so you could... He became poor so you could become... So people say, well, Jesus became poor. Thank God. Now I can become rich. See, they don't think. They don't understand what's going on. He was declared sinful so we could be declared righteous. He went to hell so we could go to heaven. 
See, all these things are already provided for us, and most Christians are trying to do enough to get to heaven since they've been born again and be good enough to do it, and it has nothing to do with you. Are you following me? It has nothing to do with you to begin with. You're already in the kingdom of God. Basically, heaven and all these things are a, a added to entering the kingdom of God. Once you entered in, they were there. They belong to you. See? They're yours. They're not something you have to go. When I get up in the morning and Sunday morning I'm going to preach, I don't have to go ask my wife, please give me my Bible. It's my Bible. It belongs to me. I pick up the Bible and I bring it to church. See, but we don't want to do that. We want to beg God. We want to plead with God. And like I say, there's a feeling that used to come to me with this. When I thought I was doing something to get something from God and doing it successfully, I felt good. I said, woo, I got it now. You know what? It never came. Because I thought in my mind that that's the way it worked. That's what was going to happen. But notice you've been made. I say, I've been made. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1. I got just through the last 15 minutes, you feel a little taller, don't you? Don't you? Do you feel a little taller? The righteousness of God in Christ, man. I put my shoulders back. I'm going to walk like a man, praise God. I'm a... I thought I was shrinking when I stood up with all these girls who got real high heels on today. My God. Come, dear Lord, I thought I shrunk three inches. Come here, Zemi. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Look at this. This is a girl I reach down and hug every week. Look. Look. My God. It's not fair. I'm going to start using high heels, I think, up here. Yeah, that's good. You're good. You're good. I just wanted to show everybody how tall you were. You didn't get it? Look. Take it when I jump. Okay. <laughs> All right, Colossians, did we go there? Yes. All right, Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 21. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. Say reconciled. reconciled. It used to be a movie a while back. What was it? Something about reconciled unreconciled differences or something like that. There was a divorced couple that just couldn't get back together or whatever. All right, look at verse 22. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and in his sight, if you, we continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, which was preached every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So here it says here, basically, you were separated from him because you were alienated in your mind. In other words, you thought you were a sinner saved by grace. You thought you were a loser who God was going to help. You thought you were Peter who's denied him three times and now, praise God, he's going to do something. You thought you were Job. You thought you were, but you're not any of these people. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away and all things have become new and you've been recreated in the image and likeness of him. So what does he do? He presents you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Say in his sight. Yes. Say it again, in his sight. Yes. So notice, in his sight you are holy. In his sight, you are unprovable. In his sight, but now the big question is, is not God's the problem. We're the problem. What are you in your sight? Are you a loser? Are you a sinner saved by grace? Are you just a mere mortal who's trudging through the earth, can't wait to die and get to heaven? Someday it's going to happen. And everybody told me all these things wouldn't even happen until I died and went to heaven. That's when he's going to present you holy and unblameable. What am I supposed to do now? That's when you're going to have victory over the devil. Well, he's not even up there. What am I going to do when I get up there? 
See, that's when you're going to have divine health. Well, everybody's got divine health up there, for gosh sakes. Do you see? Everybody wants to, to stop everything and take it past until you die. Well, if I've got to be completely delivered, completely made in God's image and likeness after I die, death is of the devil, then God needs help to get me to that place. Because if he don't kill me, I'll never get there. So it's God and the devil working together to make me perfect and holy and righteous. Now, devil's got nothing to do with it. It's now. Today, the day. The day you got born again, you were made holy. The day you were born again, you were made righteous. The day you were made again, you got powerful. You can hold your head up high, praise God, and know that you are. You can ask and receive. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall. Knock and. Well, I just don't believe that. Well, then don't worry about it. And you know why you don't? Because you've got a guilty conscience. And you don't think the Father wants to give it to you. And you don't think he cares about you. See? It's that relationship that's there. And that's where, that's where righteousness basically builds your faith. You get to a place where you're not really even believing God for months for something. You're just saying, hey, I got a little issue here. Thank you for taking care of that. And you move on, and somehow it happens. You know, with the books, when God said, just start giving them out for free. Just start giving them out for free. I said, all right, well, I'm going to do that. I didn't ask him why. I didn't ask him what. He talks to me. I talked to him. We just started giving them out. I didn't know what he was going to do. I didn't know how he was going to get money to come in. I didn't know what was going to happen. And all once checks started coming in from places, I thought, dear God, this is working out pretty good. I didn't say, if you send me a check. So I knew it's you. Daddy. Then I'll start giving the books out. No, you just do what he tells you to do. He's got the plan planned. Do you understand? You're sitting here trying to figure it out. No, just starts happening. Starts giving out. Starts happening. He does. That's the way your relationship should be with him. You don't have to question what he tells you to do or question if he wants to give you the best. He wants to give you the best. Anybody that's got a child knows you don't care if that child is bratty you don't care if that child's a scream you don't care if that child's having the worst day in the world you'd give that child whatever that child needed come on we're that way but we think god looks at us different it's not that way you're a child of the living god and he wants to bless every single one of us he wants each and every one of us to have a relationship with him but that relationship comes through righteousness it will not come through guilt it will not come through condemnation it will not come through those things it comes basically through your right standing with him that was provided by the blood of our lord jesus christ see and your relationship don't change just because you sin just confess the sin and move on for god's sakes doesn't change anything. You're still his son. How many of you got a kid? And you, oh, you sinned? Get out of here. You're not my kid anymore. Uh, you go live with those people over there because that's what they do. Is, no. They're still your family. They're still your child. They're still your son. They ought to be able to ask you and expect in return. And it's that way. Praise God. The, the innocence of, you know, like the, the grandbaby talent. I mean, it don't care, you know. She wants that thing over there. She's going, eh. And you know what happened? We'll get it. I guarantee you, she's not believing God long for that thing. She's like, and you get it, praise God. That's all there is to it. And that's the way God is, you know. Basically, it, yeah, you want something, you just say, uh, and he'll run over and get your foo-foo or whatever you need, praise God. It'll be good for you. Yeah, probably speaking in tongues. Yeah, it could be, I don't know. But see, it's a, it's a son-daughter relationship with God that only comes through your right standing with him that's only provided by the blood. So he's already presented you to his father holy. God sees you as holy. He sees you as blameless. He sees you as wonderful. He sees you. But we want to be sin conscious, see? We just want to get a list of everything we've done wrong and everything we're failing. Well, I've got this problem and I've got that problem. Well, you can have that problem the rest of your life if you want to keep claiming it. 
But that's not who you are, see? It changes who you are. It changes. I mean, when you talk about somebody who was introverted, I was totally introverted. I was told I was introverted. I was, did a test that showed I was introverted. <laughs> Wanted to make sure. Yeah. At the church one time, they had a guy came in who did tests to find out what you were like. And I was severely introverted. I didn't even know what singularly, much less severely, was introverted. And I didn't know if that was good or bad, to be honest with you. Introvert, introvert. But how many know I couldn't go around then? I took a test 15 years ago, and I'm introverted. So here's the sermon this morning. I'm introverted. I'm not going to talk to any of you because I don't want to talk to any of you this morning. And I'm introverted. So just read your Bibles. (laughs) See, people want to put stuff on you. They want to put labels on you. They want to tell you who you are. No, you need to find out who created you, who you are. You're his product, not their product. You're his workmanship in Christ Jesus. Come on, not anybody else's. So you got to be careful what you say to your kids. You're a bad boy. You've always been a bad boy. Yeah, well, you'll be bailing him out about the age of 15. See? Speak life into them. Speak goodness into them. You say, hey, you may be doing that now, but you're a good boy. And we don't do that stuff as good boys. We search it around and we make it good for them. We convince them who they are rather than who they're not. And it's the same way with us when we grow up. We come to a place where we go to the Word of God and we find out who we really are. I'm the person that never gets offended. I'm the most patient man in the world. That's where I am. Oh, you are not? Oh, yes, I am. Well, I don't think you are. I don't care what you think. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what... See? I'm just going to say that. The Bible says I'm patient, then I'm patient. Is that an attribute of God? Yes. Apparently I've got it then. Yes. Is love an attribute of God? Yes. Apparently I got it then. Praise God. Is peace with God? Yes. Apparently that's what I did. Praise God. All right, one more. Go to Romans chapter 4. I mean, for years and years, the church has tried to do the same thing. They've tried to acquire a righteousness through their own works. They've done everything they can, from prayer to going to church. And if you're going to church to try to acquire a righteousness, then you're in religion. If you're righteous and know it, you'll want to go to church. You don't care if it's Sunday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Friday. You don't care if there's something there that you, it appeals to you. You'll go, go there. Why? Because you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You want to hear what God's got to say. You want to go closer to God. You want to understand God more. You want to have a better relationship with God. So you just simply go to those. It's not, if I don't go to church today, God's going to be mad at me for a week. Church is for your benefit, not his. He's not here this morning to learn something from me. I can tell you that. Do you see? Uh, it doesn't hurt anybody when you don't go hear the word other than you. If you don't pray, it don't hurt God. It don't hurt me, unless you were praying for me. <laughs> See, it hurts you. So God says, do these things. Do these things. Why? Because I love you. Why? Because you have a relationship. Not to get the relationship. Don't deny what I did for you by doing dead works. And that's what those are, is dead works. All right, Romans chapter 4. Look at verse 25, talking about Jesus, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our 
justification. So the day that Jesus was raised from the dead, he was raised for the purpose of allowing you to be justified by getting born again into the kingdom of God. Now, why they put that chapter 5 there, I will never understand. When it says therefore, the therefore is therefore because of the scripture before it. So don't put chapter 5 there. All right, start in verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification, therefore being justified by faith in what? My works? Me going to church? Me being a good boy? No, faith in the blood that provided it. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace. Say peace. peace. See, you, you, you're doing a lot better when you have peace with God. It's just a better day all the way around in your whole life when you've got peace with God. What's my peace based on? It's based on my righteousness. What's my righteousness based on? The blood of Jesus. What did you have to do with it? Nothing. The only time I get out of it is when I think I lose my righteousness, then I try to gain it back by my works, which I couldn't do to begin with. And that's why you just repent at that time. Why? Because you want a relationship with him. You don't want anything separating that relationship for him. You're walking in righteousness with him now. Hallelujah. So notice it gave us peace with God. Say peace with God. There's a lot of people out there born again who have no peace with God whatsoever. None. None. They're working their whole lives or they're doing whatever they can do religiously to try to do something and impress God. And it's just a waste of time in people's life, basically. He loves you. He cares for you. The little baby who's in that manger is no longer a little baby in the manger. He's the king of kings and lords of lords. And he wants a personal relationship with each and every one of you. And you've just got to see yourself in the light that he cares for you. And you are his brother. And you are the son of God in your life. Praise God. He loves you no matter what you do. Praise God. And it will increase your righteousness because we seek first the kingdom of God and his. And all these things shall be unto you. All right. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added.